Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to Healthcare Whisperer Radio Show. My name is Hari Kulsa, and I am your host. I'm a nurse practitioner and uh, president and owner of Healthcare Whisperer, a healthcare navigation and patient advocacy company. You can follow me on Twitter at H-A-R-I-K-108 and on Facebook at Healthcare Whisperer. The purpose of the show is to provide information and tips on how to better navigate the healthcare system. As we know, it can certainly be daunting and cumbersome. And don't forget, at any time you can call in. Uh, the number to call in is 805-830-8363 if you have questions for our guest. And our guest today is Helena Doyle. And I have to say, I met her uh, when I started going swimming early in the morning at the gym. And we started chatting. And she started telling me some of the most extraordinary stories about taking care of her parents. I have to say, she is a caregiver extraordinaire. And it's not like she had any training. She just hit the ground running and did what she had to do. So being a medical person and an advocate, which I do all day long, she was totally inspiring and and her stories that just gave me chills that what they went through, what the family's gone through and how they've kept their parents safe. So without uh further ado and without me just chatting on and on, I am going to bring her on. Hello, are you there? I'm here, Hari. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. So I told them that we were swimming buddies. First thing in the morning, we're there. We're there. And that that's how we got, you know, that's how we got to talking about about your journey and about how you uh, take care of your parents. And so why don't you uh, just give us a little brief history about yourself and, you know, a little bit about about your story, you know, your journey with your parents. Well, my parents are both in their mid-80s. They're both 85 right now. Uh, they've been married 64 years. They started dating when Mom was 14. And oh, my goodness. Party when she kicked him out of the house. She kicked him out of the house? Because he wasn't invited. She kicked him out. <laughs> my, my mother's mother saw something in him and kept inviting him back. So they've mm-hmm. always been together, and they're very devoted to each other. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, at this point... They're keeping each other going, which is a fortunately thing, but it also means that they're aging together. So they mm-hmm. both need care, and neither one of them want to admit that they need us to do things for them. Mm-hmm. So how many so, of them? Are, how many? How many siblings do you have? We have five. I'm smack dab in the middle. I'm the middle child, and the, I've got an older and a older brother and sister, and a younger brother and sister. Okay. So there's two of us that are actively involved in my parents' care. My younger sister is amazing. I I don't know what I'd do without her, and I think she feels the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need someone to to fight the battle for you and yell and scream, she can do it without even people knowing she's upset. If you want somebody punched, I'm your girl. You want me to chase somebody <laughs> around the hospital, getting them to come back? That's me. You want somebody you. to sit there in front of them and put them in their place very nicely? That's my sister. And so you have your, 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 you and your siblings have worked it out. Who does what when? Yes, the two of us have. It's basically just the two of us. Uh, the others are all busy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we just managed to to make it work. Put us in a room together. We don't get along, but right. put us in a room together with my parents, and we have our roles, and we each keep them. And so the your only parents. We... Go ahead. I was going to say the only reason we don't get along is because our styles are so different. Oh, yeah. That's that, that's the story of many families. Yeah. Um, so your parents live um, near you. You're you're close by? They live in Burlington, which is about 15 minutes from me, and my sister basically lives within a half a mile from them. So okay. either of us can be there at any given time that they need something. Okay, so but um, so 
it's your mother who both your parents are not well. Is that correct, or is it mostly correct. your mother that you both? Okay. Mom has so, um, inoperable brain inoperable brain tumor and thyroid uh, cancer. Uh huh. Dad has a congestive heart failure. He has asbestosis in the lungs. He had a valve replacement, and he had um, arrhythmia. So he had to have the valve, the heart. You would know the medical words for it, but put back into rhythm. Oh, he was shocked, as they say. Yeah, yeah he was, he's yeah. also anemic, which is and, unusual for. But your mother's been sick for a long time. I mean, even with these two, with the thyroid cancer and the the tum- inoperable tumor, isn't that correct? I mean, this. Mom has been sick about nine or ten years which is Mm -hmm. much longer than anybody gave her going Mm -hmm. into this. And Mm -hmm. her doctor will tell her he doesn't know what's keeping her going. Mm -hmm. Well, she does. The tumor is wrapped around her brain stem, and she's just an amazing specimen for him. Wow. So 10 years ago, she went to the doctor, and and, Mm -hmm. and she, well, was it a progression of symptoms? She had had, actually, a brain tumor when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was the only child home, so I took over the grocery shopping and, and the doing this and that, and Dad took care of Mom. Mm-hmm. And I took care of my younger brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And she was fine. She had that surgery back then, and she was fine for 30 years. And this time it was just a slow progression that we could see. She couldn't walk as far. She was tripping a little bit more and falling more often than she had. Mm-hmm. She wasn't able to do things mentally that she had been able to do even a month before. So she went into the doctor and he said, uh-oh, it's back again. Hmm. That was like 30 was years later. Far gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uh-huh. fine for all that time. Wow, wow. So these symptoms slowly progressed and... Did you at that time know where you were headed? I mean, what what did you guys have a family meeting and sit down and say, "Okay, mom and mom's really sick. This is what has to happen." Or you know, I mean, what what did you guys do? What what, what happened at that point? With it, because that was uh-huh. ten years ago. My dad was in his middle seventies, so he was a very strong, vital person, and he was doing ninety percent of the caretaking mm-hmm. until. Probably about two or three years ago, he was very pale, and I brought him into the doctor's. And his mm-hmm. doctor is wonderful and knows that he's okay, it's okay to talk to me. And mm-hmm. I snuck an appointment in to ask him, and I said, oh, Daddy, you have to go to the doctor's today. Mm-hmm. And we went in, and they admitted him. Aww. Because his hematocrits were less than half of what they should have been. Wow. So you wow. would probably so they... know what that means, but we were scared. Yeah, I yeah, know. Did they have to give him a transfusion? They gave him three or four transfusions over the course of a week he was in the hospital. And nobody could find out why he was losing blood. But at that time, it was like, oh, my, we have to take care of Mom. Uh Uh-huh. So she was home at that time. They're still living at home. Mm -hmm. So I moved in with Mom. She wanted me, which meant I was sleeping in the bed with her, and she is in a wheelchair now, or she has been Mm -hmm. for a few years. Mm -hmm. And she cannot do anything for herself, bathing, mm-hmm. dressing. Dad had a schedule. Mm-hmm. And, and did you know he was down. Did, did, but did you know he was doing all this, you know, or was just he, like you just, you know, was it a surprise when you got there and realized, oh, my God, what's he been doing all this time? It, it was a surprise. We knew he was taking excellent care of her, but we didn't mm-hmm. realize the extent that it would now take three of us to mm-hmm. fill in. Mm-hmm. Nobody realized that. Mm-hmm. how much care she takes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you got there, you, I mean, was it, you know, this is like a, you know, this is how people, you know, be, like I said, hit the ground running as caregivers. Suddenly they're in the situation. I mean, you, you probably walked in and realized, oh, I have to bathe her. I have to feed her. I have to get her in the chair. Oh, mm-hmm. how do I do all that? <laughs> so what did you do? How Did you just start? <laughs> I, I just... I had no choices, so uh-huh. I just went with it and did what we had to do, and the only way to get her out of the wheelchair and back again was to physically pick her up. She uh-huh. puts her arms around my neck, and I move her. Uh-huh. And 
I'm sure there were a lot of stumbles and there was a lot of things my dad probably would have done much better mm-hmm. and knew what to do, but we didn't know. Mm-hmm. This was all new, and he was he's very, very concerned about us not being gentle enough with my mother. That is his big concern to this day. Don't hurt her. What are you doing to her? Aww. So it was... It wasn't even something that we'd had to practice. So Mm -hmm. she, being a trooper, really put up with an awful lot of missteps in the beginning. I didn't know how to brush her teeth. I didn't know that when she wears the Depends undergarments that the stripe goes in the back. So for three days she was riding around in a wheelchair with backward underwear. I didn't know. (laughs) So did she tell you or did you figure it out finally? We figured it out finally when Dad was well enough to come home because she didn't tell us. She didn't want to hurt our feelings. Oh, so that's she such a mother. Went, she just went with it. She was an amazingly good sport. And she still I mean, is. She's of, a great sport. That's uh, I mean, that's like really such a caregiver story or a new caregiver. It's like, you know, you're looking at this depends. You must have just looked at it and thought, okay, it goes this way. I mean, yeah. it's so basic, but yet it's it's just those little details that are so mind-boggling, you know. And, and, and yeah, I can't even imagine what that must have been like. I mean, that's just one little thing. I mean, there must have been just like brushing the teeth. I never would have even thought of that, brushing mm-hmm. somebody else's teeth. I mean, so yeah. what what were you what were you what was it that was wrong that you were doing? Was it just too hard? Was it like you just couldn't figure out how to put you know do it for her? Well, she has dentures. I didn't realize that she takes them out at night. She never told us that as her children. That had nothing. She didn't share that information. So she always takes them out at night and hands them to Dad, except for when we were there. She wore them all night. Oh, I didn't gosh. Know. So in the morning. I'm laughing because would, it's just, you know. Um. Who knows? In the morning, he would put them, give them to her. She would slide them back in when he wasn't looking because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And then they would brush her teeth. She would do it, and she would rinse with salt water. Mm. I didn't know about salt water for dentures. Nobody ever told me. So I'm just letting her brush her teeth, and away we go. You know, she rinses out with water, and everybody's happy. But she wasn't. So the first week was a real struggle trying to figure out what mom needs and how to take care of her. Mm-hmm. In her mm-hmm. car, we have a turning chair, which you've probably heard of, but a lot of people haven't. And it's an electronic chair. It slides mm-hmm. out to the side of the car and rides up and down so we can get in and out of the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you have to remember how far down you can put it because mom's only four foot ten. Oh. So you have to get this chair so that my knees are on the ground mm-hmm. so that I can get her on the chair. So I'm lifting her and then bending and kneeling and spinning and putting her in the chair because I didn't know. So there was a whole lot of pieces that Dad had never shared with us. Mm-hmm. And you never thought to so, ask. You just go there. Everything looked fine. She was clean. Mm-hmm. She had her, you know, she had her teeth and she was eating and <laughs> all, all was good. You know? Exactly. So now, all of a sudden, we find out that, wait a minute, how is he doing this? Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. 75 years old. How is he? And he learned how to cook. So he's cooking for her and ironing her clothes and Uh picking out her outfits. Think about your 75-year-old father all of a sudden becoming a lady's maid. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And a good one, too, right? (laughs) Very good, but he was uncomplaining, but... He would put on the same seven outfits. Week after week, he'd wash them and put them back on again. So I switched around some outfits and did some little things, and he's like, where'd you get that? Mm. And Mom had been sick for so long that she didn't realize the clothes that she had. She wasn't sure where all these clothes I was putting on her were coming from. She just, she didn't remember. Wow. 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 So, so... so so at that time, like, I mean, when I keep coming back to this, I mean, one, one of the questions I have for you was, was just that, like, when you first walked in, what did you think? I mean, I know you said, oh, that's my mother, I'm going to take care of her, but did you have that moment where you thought, I can't do this, or what, what am I, what do I do here? How, 
I mean, did you you sort of stop dead in your tracks? We still, I still have those moments. I don't know about anybody else, but I still be like, <laughs> oh my god, oh my, I've got to do this. You know, um, imagine taking your mother to the ladies' room. In well, a wheelchair. She can't wipe her bottom in a wheelchair. Uh huh. Uh huh. She can't uh-huh. do anything for herself. Uh huh. I've taken her for mammograms. Imagine uh-huh. seeing your mother without a shirt on. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you know, you're sitting there, and she's in the mammogram room, and now she has to get into the 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 position. She has to stand up. Well, she can't stand up. So right, I go right. with her, and I I hold her up. Wow. I am physically in the room with her, holding her up. So uh-huh. she can have her mammogram. Seems kind of crazy. I tell you, you can leave, but you can't leave mm-hmm. because I don't know that they would know how to hold her up or that they're strong enough to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I am. So, so, but that wasn't something. I mean, that that's something you've begun to do to like think ahead of the curve. Like now that you've sort of learned about the the, the pampers and the, you know the depends mm-hmm. and the. And, you know, in the teeth, you sort of now, as you've gone along with all the missteps, you kind of can almost see now ahead of time. Like you knew, who well, who's going to, you can plan ahead. Who's going to hold her up? Well, they're exactly. not. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we've learned. We've learned that when mom's in the hospital, somebody has to stay with dad to make sure he'll eat. But mm-hmm. she also does not have the wherewithal to push the call button for nurse. Mm-hmm. She has the physical ability to do it, but she doesn't have the mindset to know when she has to do it. Mm-hmm. So she can't mm-hmm. be left. We mm-hmm. sleep over. Mm-hmm. And we stay there all night long. Mm-hmm. Take the and was that sure something? That she's got everything. So, so uh, I mean, we... we I know we've we've talked about the hospital, and and I actually I, I think that's like a, a really I mean you you've been you go to the hospital a lot right I mean mm-hmm. uh, it seems mom's had pneumonia five or six times this year, uh, and each so time she's at been the hospital a lot. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean when you go to the hospital, what what is like one of the first things you do? I know you go to you go to the same hospital every time, right? You go to a, mm-hmm. a local Leahy hospital. That's what you told me. Yeah. And when you get there, I mean, what's it like uh, for you as the caregiver? How do you? I mean, you know, part of my program is helping people understand how to get through things. I mean, I know you're a bulldog. But I'm sure you had to learn how to be that bulldog when you went to the hospital. You know, so so what is it like? Walk us through what it's like when you know you have to take Do you go by ambulance? Do you call the ambulance when your mother's sick? When I mom was in a coma, we did call an ambulance because I couldn't figure out how to get her out to my car by myself. And okay, I wanted but, uh, to make sure she was dressed. But normally we drive her. You drive her. So we you drive so, her. See, I always tell people... Call the ambulance because then you don't have to go through triage. <laughs> you don't have to sit in the waiting room, you know, just in case. Because I've been with elderly clients who we have just gone in together, and, you know, they've made them sit out there for an hour, hour and a half, and I'm appalled. Oh. That's know. where being very vocal comes in handy. Uh-huh. Um, there was one night where we waited. She was in the emergency room for most of the day. We got her into a room, and then we proceeded to wait about three more hours for a doctor to come admit her to the room. Mm-hmm. Every 20 minutes, I called her, her primary care physician's office. This oh, really? 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, every mm-hmm. 20 minutes, to let them know that we were still waiting mm-hmm. for someone to come take care of her so she could have medication. At one point, the hospital operator told me they were not allowed to put through my calls any longer. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's fine. I need to know who told you that. So I have a paper trail in case anything happens to my mother. Mm-hmm. I want this all documented that I called and tried to get her care. Mm-hmm. We had a doctor they within a half hour from that. Mm-hmm. They got did you find somebody out who right had, away. Did you find out who had stopped it, who had, who had called it? Yes, I mean, it who was the doctor that was on call. They didn't want to be bothered with me any longer. I was being a nuisance. And that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm okay well, with got, that. But I got my mother what she needed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so, I, and that's the name of the game. 
it, so the name of the game is, and I tell people this also, is you have to be vigilant. I mean, you have to, you, you know, just because they put you in a room doesn't mean anything happens. You know? That's right. I, I, That's I, when right. I, was, I was at um, Mass General Hospital. I had to take a client. She went by ambulance, and me and the son met her there. And MGH, you know, now that they're the number one hospital in the country, mm-hmm. according to, um, they have a pretty unique system where everybody who comes in, well, we came in through ambulance, she, you know, goes to this pre-screening room. And I didn't know their system. So we go into this pre-screening room, which is, you know, I thought, is this is the, the ER room. You know, is this where we're going to be? This is great. I mean, it's a wonderful room. It was private. It, you know, it was it was really nice. But we're so we're in there, and we must have been there for a half hour, and nobody came in. And I was like, okay, I don't know the system. A lot of hospitals, I know the system, and I know where to go. Mm-hmm. So I went out to the hall, and there was nobody walking by. It was quiet. You know, that was the other oh. thing about the ER. It was quiet. So I went out in the hall, and I saw someone walking by who had a badge, <laughs> And I said, excuse okay. me, but, but I don't know the system here. Can you tell me we've been in here for an awfully long time? I have a very sick client here, and I just want to know how this works. <laughs> and within five minutes, we had a doctor. But then I come to well, my, then we went to the other, the, the other part of the ER, and I said, turned to the son, and I said, we have just entered ER hell. <laughs> Because we went from, you know, this. But yeah, you have to be. You know, I just had that experience again, where you have to be consistent. You have to be vigilant. You have to. You can't think they're they're going to come in and say, oh, we're going to. And when they say those fame, oh, someone will be with you shortly. Write it down. Write it down. And what time they said it. So that's what you do when you you write it down. Write it down. I find I also get much better results, and, and sometimes I will just stand outside the room looking angry <laughs> until somebody walks by. But if nobody uh-huh. does, go to the nurse's desk. Uh-huh. Those nurses know the... exactly what's going on. Uh-huh. And if they're uh-huh. on, if they're your ally, and they are, they uh-huh. they want to help their patients. Uh huh. Go to the uh-huh. nurse's desk. I never ring a call bell. I walk out and say, "Hey, I need this, this, this for my mother. Can somebody help me?" You're much more likely to get than if you're mm-hmm. just sitting inside the room waiting. Walk mm-hmm. down, tell them what you need. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. They want to mm-hmm. be helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, that's... are amazing people. Well, yes, of course. But, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, no, and, and, and don't be put off by if they seem like they're not listening to you either. You know, the nurses, mm-hmm. they're... You know, they, they might act that way because that's sort of the ER character in a lot of places, but mm-hmm. you're right. They will get you. They will. They are trying to get you, the doctor, to see you, you know. And I imagine they're sometimes... they're stuck in the middle. They are, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so um, you're at the hospital. You've got the room. Mm-hmm. You know, the doctor comes in. What's that like? For you, I mean, I, I've had lots of experience with residents coming in or doctors coming in. What, how, how, how does that usually go for you? What, what, what's a typical scenario for you? Well, they always start out thinking that because my parents are older, that they don't need to speak to them. And mm-hmm. that's not just doctors; that's restaurants, that's waitresses, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. They will mm-hmm. look right through an older person. Mm-hmm. And. Mm-hmm. Without fail, my sister and I will say, you have to speak up. My parents are very, very sharp, but they're hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. Speak very loudly. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're not comprehending everything that's going on, but they still deserve to hear it. It's them. They need to know what's going on. And then after the doctor says, da, 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 this is what we're going to do, and we're going to do this test, and then we have to think about this, then you start with the questions. Well, you know, if you do this, what is this going to mean? And you sort of repeat back everything that they've told you to make mm-hmm. sure you have it right. And mm-hmm. if you've done this often enough, after the second or third visit, your questions become more intelligent because you have that last two or three times mm-hmm. to fall back on. Well, wait a minute. Last time we were here, they said this. Why are you mm-hmm. saying this now? Or this mm-hmm. doctor that was just here said ABC, and now you're telling me B. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you both come in here and talk to me and explain this to me? Mm-hmm. And then after mm-hmm. I've got it straight in my head, it's, Mom, Dad, do you have any questions? And Mom will say, no, I didn't hear them. 
And now he's got to start <laughs> all over again. And I'm sure they're frustrated. But mm-hmm. most doctors are really very patient. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. My mother has been known to ask for their parents' names and addresses. She's oh. going to call the mothers and tell on them. Oh, yeah. She says that. <laughs> we had a lovely doctor the year my mother finally got her first peg tube, which is the feeding tube in the stomach. Mm-hmm. And they tried giving her the feeding tube down her throat, and she ripped it out. Mm-hmm. And when the doctor yeah. said to her, Mary, why did you do that? I didn't do it. You did, and I'm going to tell your mother on you. <laughs> did he yeah, kind of he was very good-natured. Or... <laughs> uh, you know, we, we're we're good at this, but everything that they tell us on the, in the hospital walls, they have the whiteboards in the patient's rooms, we write mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. We're going to run this test, and then we're going to find out about this, and then we're going to do this, and it's all written down. So, so you write it on the board. They do these things. I write it right so there. You write it right there. Has anyone ever said, why are you writing that there? Always. Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. to make sure it gets done. Mm-hmm. And what do they say when you say that? Oh, no, no, we'll take care of everything. Don't worry. It's all under control. So, yeah, absolutely. I've got it under control. If yeah, they change yeah. shifts in the middle... Something uh-huh. that's lost in translation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. when so nurse gets tied up and somebody else comes in, you don't know that they all know what's going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's and a good chance they don't. <laughs> exactly. I had my best friend, and I'm sure you know who she is. Her mm-hmm. husband was in the hospital this week. Mm-hmm. One doctor told them they were going home, and four other doctors came in and said they were going to run more tests. Now what do you do? So they I, don't I, all I know wonder... what's going on. I wonder if that was the the my client that was just in the hospital too. It sounds like the exact same story, and I realized I, I went through this this way, and and that, that's a really good point. I I, I want to spend a few minutes on that because what I realized this time is that it's really that the people coming in, the docs coming in the hospital are often the different level of the residents, mm-hmm. and each. And each level of residence, their their learning curve is different, and they're all trying to, some you know, I, I got this feeling they're all trying to impress the next person up, not oh, in a bad way, but just you know, and just show, so we we got the exact same thing. We were they actually we, they sent the case manager in to discharge my client. My son was getting the car, had gone down and got medication, and just as they were beginning to pack up. They the, the, one of the residents came running and said, "Oh no 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 the you know this specialty needs to come in uh, you know blah blah blah." So we got multiple stories, and it is something you have to be very aware of when you're in the hospital. And and I found after this experience, and I've been through it before, but nothing like this. Mm-hmm. You have to ask for the person, the attending. The attending is the is the person who's actually the real doctor. They're all doctors. I don't mean to put anybody down or say something negative, but they're more the residents are doctors in training still. The attending is the doctor. You know, he's finished his residency. He's practicing. You know, he's the he's he's the mucky muck, so to speak. Absolutely. And and I think that you know, you really. It, it was mind-boggling, and I remember, I mean, the, I had to calm the sun down because one of the residents came in at 5 o'clock in the morning, we weren't there, and tried to get his mother up out of bed to say she hadn't been walking enough. Oh. And the nurse, can you imagine that? And the nurse, I called the nurse at about 6.30 to check in, and she said, I can't believe the resident did this. I told him to go away. And, I mean, the, the, but, but like, it's like, where did that come from, <laughs> you know? What was he trying He's to do? He's feeling their weedies. Yeah, he yeah yeah he was. Mm-hmm. So, your point about your friend was it was was very right on, and you must run into that also. Mm-hmm. And my response is always, well, Doctor A told me this, and you're telling me this. Why don't you go get him, and you can both come here and discuss it with us. Right, right. And let so me, do they? Let, let's get this straight. Now, usually they will. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good and. You know, I don't know if everybody knows this, but what the nurses at the hospital tell us, and they're wonderful, is that there are notes in patients' charts about the families. Oh. And they, yes, and 
family is cooperative, um, family is attentive, whatever it is, I would assume it's usually positive. Mm-hmm. And family is very vocal, whatever. I'm sure mine says pain in the butt. <laughs> there are notes to let the doctors know that, yes, this family is going to be involved every step of the way. Mm-hmm. We sleep over. We don't leave. Mm-hmm. There's always one, at least one of us in the room, if not two or three or four of us. Mm-hmm. And so what's the doctors that... know that we're involved with everything. Mm-hmm. And when you get a new doctor, what's it like for them when they come in and see, you know, that you're there, that you've spent the night or that... I mean, because even though we, t- I mean, I tell people it's best to do that with family members. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have someone, to have someone there, you know, all the time. And they uh, they kind of look at me cross-eyed, you know, like, well, we can't do that. You know, that's not going to happen. And sometimes they literally can't, you know. I mean, I of understand course. it. Yeah. But what's that like for a new doc when, when he comes in and sees, you know, knows that you guys are, uh, there's always somebody there? I think in one way they really respect us. I think that my mother gets much better care because mm-hmm. we can do a lot of the small things. We can change her. If she mm-hmm. needs to go to the bathroom, we don't have to call a nurse. We can do a bedpan, mm-hmm. you know, so that the nurses can can take care of the business of taking care of her. Mm-hmm. The doctors, I think, are not used to being confronted all mm-hmm. the time. I think especially the younger ones, still have the mindset that what they say goes. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, the last two times ago we were in the hospital, I went to work in the morning. My sister stayed over, Mm -hmm. and I got there, and we still hadn't seen the nurse. This is like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, we hadn't seen the doctor. Mm -hmm. So I went looking for him. Mm -hmm. And I said to the nurse, who we know on a first-name basis, hey, tell the doctor, you know, we're here. My mom's still waiting to be seen. And at 2 o'clock when I went out looking for him an hour later, he was still on the floor. And I said, okay, make sure he comes to see us. And I waved to him and said, don't forget. Mm-hmm. And the long story short, at 5 o'clock, he still hadn't come. And he mm-hmm. was off the floor. Ooh. So I was a little bit perturbed. And my sister is, again, much calmer than I am. When he finally showed up at quarter of 7, we fired him. Mm. And told him we did him. not want him to see my parents, to see my uh-huh. mother. Uh that he was probably overtired, overworked, and I didn't think that he was capable of making that decision. Uh And that was more my sister's boldness than me because I would have just as soon yelled at him. But he actually (laughs) brought her into a room and tried to convince her that she was wrong. He says, I haven't even seen your mother yet. I haven't even looked at her chart. And she said, exactly. And my sister's me has been chasing him around the hospital for five hours. I went down Uh in the lunchroom. Uh-huh. Making so sure she, where he was. I was going from floor to floor. So she she had just been admitted, and and you were waiting. She or had no, been you'd been there overnight. That morning. Uh huh. Okay. He had been admitted okay. that morning, and he was. We was. This is another time we were waiting for doctor to come, and we were waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come. And he just, I chased him all over the hospital, and he was just overworked and couldn't do it. So we let the nurse know that we were very unhappy, and we called the hospital ombudsman because they all have them. Mm-hmm. And, and we got the, another what, doctor within 25 minutes. So what? Let's let's yeah the ombudsman. So uh, what? Tell tell people what 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 the ombudsman is. I would think that all hospitals have them, and if you're unhappy with the care, not because they didn't bring your dinner on time or not because the the cleaning person, but if you're unhappy with the level of care, mm-hmm. there is somebody that you can call within the hospital that's outside of the medical chain of command. Mm-hmm. I think there's that will come either, and they, work this through yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not patient relations. That's it's. This is what I you know people ask me: Is it a patient relations? No, it's really a different function. Ombudsman is I generally an ombudsman is is a state. You know, it's 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 a state. I mean, I know, I think that in order to use that term, I know in the nursing homes, they're all state. You know, they're, they're, some of them are volunteers. They work for uh, the regional people. So mm-hmm. the hospitals, I think the hospitals, it's the same. But they're, they're essentially independent from the hospital. Right. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if you could, so they can and, cut through all of it. Right, right. And it's mostly for elderly people. If I, I mean, that's where we, we see the most use of ombudsmen. 
So, but it's 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 a lot of people don't understand that 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 it's a really important person who can really move mountains because they are independent from the hospital, and that's why I think their state. I, I have to verify that in, um, for the hospitals. But I know that when I work with ombudsmen in the nursing homes, when the ombudsman, when the regional ombudsman walks in, I tell you, the the administrators literally come out of their offices and start, cow, you know, groveling. <laughs> you know? So um, mm-hmm. I, I've very seen, important people. Yeah, yeah. So so you called the ombudsman and the ombudsman came and talked to you and. That was it. Next thing you knew, you had a doctor, a new doctor. We had a doctor. We explained the situation that we had been waiting and waiting and waiting, that our mother was still without care, and we got a doctor. Wow. And I I don't think you can just call them because you're unhappy. I mean, there really has to be a care issue. Right. Well, if it's it's something like, well, my dinner isn't coming on time, Yes. then they're just going to say, well, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but there's really nothing exactly. I, you know, I'll talk, you know, yeah, okay, thanks. You know, um, they're going to sort of talk you off, you know, talk you down, but not do a whole lot. But something like that where it really is a matter of safety and and care, they're going to be mm-hmm. on your side. They're, they're, going to, they're going to fight the battle for you. And they do a wonderful job. And yeah, yeah. Having the nurse on our side, tell, saying to the nurse, "Hey, I know this isn't your fault. You've done everything you can do for us. We uh-huh. just don't want this doctor." Uh-huh. And they understand that. They again, they want to take care of you. They want what's best for their patients because they're the front lines. Right. They because understand you know, they spend a lot of time, nurses, trying to track down doctors when they see things are going askew with patients mm-hmm. or things are, you know, patients are. Are, are starting to have trouble. They they can sense it ahead. It's you know they can see it, and a lot of times they work. You know I I've said have you paged? You know I'd be with clients. You know can you page the doctor? And then they'll say they'll come in and out. Well I paged him. As I said page him again. You know we you know I don't we keep paging and they're as frustrated. They'll come and say I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do. You know so I said oh let me take care of it. <laughs> well and that's any of those situations we try to take that or. As my family, at least, we try to take that right out of their hands. You know what? The doctor's ignoring you. I'll find him. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll track him down. Don't worry about a thing. Because you don't want them in the middle. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's not fair position for them to be in at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so one thing that really uh, impressed me about uh, staying in the hospital is that Lady, which is near you in in Burlington, um, has a special room for families, right? A floor with special rooms, is that how it is? is they that how do. It it's the sixth southeast floor mm-hmm. or wing of floor. And it has a very large room with a couch that you could actually lay down on, but it opens up into some sort of a futon bed. And there's a full bathroom and there's a microwave and a refrigerator and a sink. And then down the no, there's no. I'm sorry, there's no microwave. That's down the hall in the patient lounge area. Uh-huh. So you can go in and get ice water if you wanted, or make yourself a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's even a little anteroom that's supposed to be used for in case of infectious people. Mm-hmm. But I've actually used that to set up my computer, and I can work right there while I'm with my mother. Wow. Sit right wow. there. It's peaceful and quiet, and I can stick my head out whenever she needs me, or leave the door open. So I have a little desk area, and I can hear what's going on with her. Because I don't leave her. We can't leave her. So that's a really we interesting... Need someone. Yeah, so the, I mean, that's a great concept that you don't leave her. And and we have talked about that before. Um, and, and when you say you don't leave her, this is... I mean, a lot of families may say that, but yours even goes further, which I really uh, was inspired by when you said told me about how when she goes for x-rays, you actually, you won't even leave her at that time, like even nope. when she goes in. So what's nope. that like? I, I mean, people right like, there. So you actually go in with her even, you know, you'll put one of those, one of those lead aprons on, the Lead right? aprons, yep. I've worn them many times. Mm-hmm. I so don't know these like? people. Uh, the first oh, that's a good times, point. I'm sorry. I, I interrupted. You made that statement. Okay. I don't know these people. I love that statement. Yeah, you I don't wouldn't know leave your people. child. 
Right. Well, people do. I mean, they send them in for these tests. <laughs> I mean, no, they don't realize I've helped my mother's hand through x-rays, mammograms, MRIs. I've sat there and held my mother's hand or rubbed her foot so she knows I'm there. When wow. she was in her coma and they brought the x-ray machine in and they wanted me to leave the room because they brought the traveling x-ray machine, mm-hmm. I stayed right there and the one thing they noticed was when she heard my voice. You could see that her vital signs were getting a little bit stronger for that moment. I talked to her for two days. I, I wow. sang songs, I told her jokes, all sorts of stupid things. But I don't know them. When the emergency room nurse tells you take the jewelry off mm-hmm. before you go home, you got to wonder. Because, mm-hmm. no, I don't think the nurses or the doctors would steal my mother's rings or be mean to her. Mm-hmm. But stranger things have happened in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how many so, nursing homes have you heard where the patients are being abused by one bad person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, yeah. So the very first time that you said to that x-ray technician, nope, not leaving, what was that like? I mean, I'm sure they just say, okay, that's fine. You know, I mean, did they go get their super, you know? <laughs> they, they really, they fall back on the authority tag. Oh, but it's the rules. You have to. Uh-huh, you don't. uh-huh. I'm more than willing to sign any piece of paper you want saying that I'm staying in my room against your, your request. Uh-huh. Do you this have is to my sign mother. a piece of Do you have to sign a they piece of paper? They never have asked me to, but I've always offered. Uh-huh. Because, again, it's not the poor x-ray technician's fault. They didn't do anything wrong. I don't want to put them in a bad spot. Uh-huh. So Do they I've go always get offered, their supervisor? I'll sign anything. Do they go get their supervisor or anything? Usually. Uh-huh. And what does Usually the supervisor anything? say to you? You can't stay here. And I said, of course I can. My mother's right there. I can stay right here. I'll stand over here in this corner behind you, and I won't interfere. But I need to make sure that my mother's okay. And most of the time, that's enough. They'll understand that. Uh-huh. that she's the most impor- important person in my world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they will understand that, yes, yeah, she needs, I need at least, to be there. I don't know if she knows if I'm there sometimes. I need uh-huh. to be there to make sure she's safe. Uh-huh. I've climbed in emergency room stretchers with her. Oh, wow. I've had her fall asleep on my arm for hours, and I'm not going to move my arm, so I just sit there. Uh-huh. I'm not leaving. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. And my wow. goal is not to get in their way. It's to, to take care of my mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you feel like uh, you're part of the medical team when you go to the hospital. I mean, that's sort of the, what you try to ex- um, get them to understand, that, they're, they can come in as much as they want and do what they want to do, but they're going to do it with you there. You're going to participate when you, when you need to, when you feel exactly. you need to, right? Yep, yep. I, I mean, will change your sheets with them if they need help. I will lift her up and, and do whatever has to be done, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure. And part of the reason is that started this whole journey for us was the first time she got sick, Hari, she was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, my sister and I both decided to sleep over because she was a little bit delirious. Mm-hmm. And we went a whole night without anybody sticking their heads in our room. Oh. A whole night. Oh. And this is a woman who's not able to call for help. Mm-hmm. But a whole night when nobody stuck their heads in our room, and the only reason we figured that out is in the morning when my sister went to leave to mm-hmm. go pick up my father. The nurse mm-hmm. says to her, oh, when did you get here? We were here all night. We were changing her every 20 minutes. She had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever came in to check on her. Right, and it's not, I mean, they can't say we didn't come in because you were there. I mean, they have to come in. They have to come in and check on you. I mean, that's, it doesn't matter how many family members are in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's they didn't. that's their job. And their you know, I mean, explanation that's... was that they were overworked. Okay. Yeah. I can help with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I so, so, so essentially, I mean, here's, you know, part of, you you know you me wanting to have you on was because you know you're such an incredible your family you and your sister are such incredible caregivers I mean you really have kept you oh, but it's you. about it you know you work very hard 
and vigilantly and diligently to keep your mother safe when she's in the hospital. And I suppose your father, too, when he's in the hospital. Um, we sleep over with him, too. Yeah, right. No no discriminating here. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, no. One of us stays at home with Mom, and one of us sleeps over with Dad. Right. So, I mean, this is another way that you keep, you know, that people can keep their loved ones safe because... It's not that you're going to dictate the care. You know, you're you know you're not the doctor. You know you're no. not the nurse. But you know when things aren't safe or you know when things aren't clean. You know, you 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 know that and that's what you're doing by staying there with with your mother. You're you're trying to decrease the potential for any adverse events or oh, what's what's the word? Um, avoidable well avoidable events you know avoidable things that happen in the hospital you know and I think you know and and that's really what you know it's such a journey with 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 um, a loved one in the hospital trying to keep them safe you know and 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 we like I was just today I went to a procedure with my client I brought I went back to the room with her and she wanted to get in bed, and I had to leave. And I had called the, the nurse to come in, uh, and <clears throat> they didn't come, they didn't come. So I called again. I mean, I was, I could have probably done it myself, but she's kind of, she's, she really takes two people and, it, you know, a certain kind of, and I was just thinking, man. And she had this gauze in her mouth and couldn't talk, so she couldn't, like, the, at, at MGH, at, they they have this, you know, where they talk to you, and she would okay. go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, if I wasn't here, she, you know, exactly. I, I got really, you know, and I was thinking, oh, God, I, can't, I had to leave, but, you know, I kind of scolded, I didn't scold it in any way, but I was like, you know, we waited a long time, she just had a procedure, you know, mm-hmm. just because they brought her in a wheelchair doesn't mean, you know, you can't, you know get her in bed so so this is a big deal i mean it's really it's 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 something for families to look at if possible to have a loved one there all the time and it isn't possible for everybody i'm really right. flexible i have a great boss uh-huh. that when i have to take time off from my mother i can work from wherever i am uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know we're things. very yeah. very lucky and we have two of us if there was just one of us uh-huh I don't know how people do it. I, I I just don't. But I've seen so many people, even in the emergency room, all by themselves, and they're scared. Yes. You yes. know, our parents are getting older, and we're getting older. Mhm. Mhm. So look, the world is scary. So you usually don't have a because you have this family room. You usually don't have a room a roommate in the in the room with you. All of Leahy's rooms are private. Oh, really? Mhm. Oh, nice. we've never had a roommate. I can imagine if you had a roommate and they didn't have anyone that you guys would go in there and help. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we'd be all over it. Wait I know a minute, you wait. <laughs> you know how bossy I am. I <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, we'd be all yeah, over you're it. only bossy because you want to know everybody and everything they're doing and how they are, and you know, it's 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 a fun bossy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to make sure that everything is going smooth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if that's, I don't have the people at the hospital don't have to like me, and I'm sure a lot of them don't. Mm-hmm. But my mm-hmm. mother gets really good care. Mm-hmm. And that's my concern. Uh, so when she's in the hospital, do you still put things up on the on on the board that are supposed to get done? Absolutely. Also, oh wow! I love that. I mean, that's. I love that idea. I think that's I I'm going to have to blog about that because I think that's, you know, it's very visual and it's visual for the nurses too because a lot of times even though they have it on their computers and stuff, they're like, "Oh yeah, right. I got to check on that." You know, right, and it, it happens, but it also gives me, okay, at 1 o'clock, nurse Judy said she was coming back at 2 o'clock to do the nebulizer. Uh-huh. Well, nurse Judy doesn't come back at 2 o'clock, so I can go down to the this nurse's desk. Hey, wait a minute. You know, somebody's supposed to do a nebulizer for my mother. I don't care who does it. I'll do it myself. 
Just help mm-hmm. me get it set up. Just tell me what I have to do, and I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Do they and let it's, you? It's better for me. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I can do nebulizer treatments. I'm the biggest hospital scrounge you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> I know where they keep the linens, the towels, the beddings, the johnnies, the med- you know, not the medicines, but, you know, the, the blood pressure machine is down there, and this machine, I'm, I'm a scrounge. I get everything they need. Yeah. And I know we have our own the same way. oximeter for her finger. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So do you oh, bring yeah. it? Absolutely. Uh-huh. I've even been and known to take the oximeter machine with the blood pressure cuff out of the hallway uh-huh. and bring that uh-huh. into my mother's room. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. they just... I think they're and happy that... It relieves them in a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As long as you communicate yes, what you're doing, right? Yeah. And, you know, yes, I want care for my mother, but it's not as if I'm expecting them to sit and hold her hand. I can do that so they can get on to the business of doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not asking them to wipe up the spill or, you know, change the bed pan or whatever. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm asking them to care for her. Mm-hmm. And they do. They're really good. So are you your mother's health care proxy? My sister is. Your sister is. Uh-huh. Was that she something is, you she's did? She's the one that's stronger. Right. So it is, and it's invoked. So yes. your, your sister makes the decisions, the health care? Yep. It's filed okay. at the hospital. Okay. And uh, did you guys do that? No, I mean, did you know to do that when your mother first got sick? You know, did she have something in place, or or? Her did you primary do it? care physician actually asked us about it, uh, probably about five or six years ago. Mhm. And they decided that my sister was the best one situated because she is stronger than I am. I'm a mama's girl. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So doing anything that might ultimately affect my mother adversely would break my heart. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Where my sister will do what's best, even if it hurts her. Mm-hmm. And you're not second, like you don't have two. You just have one proxy. I a lot think of my father's primary, and then my sister. Oh, okay. All right. And I think okay. my mother. I think my sister is primary for my father with no one else. Yeah, because your mother can't really no. at this point, right? Yeah. No, yeah, she so. can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. So. So is your your mother is I mean it's been ten years out you said since she first mm-hmm. got this so how's she doing now I mean she she slowly is you know things slowing down a bit or well she was able to eat up until about a year ago and then the motility mm-hmm. in her esophagus has mm-hmm. decreased so now she has a feeding tube um mm-hmm. she can have oatmeal applesauce, butternut squash, things that are thicker, mm-hmm. no thin liquids. I'm sure my father sneaks them for her, but, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're willing to take that chance because food, she's Italian. Food is a major part of her life. Mm. Italians are always sitting down to have something to eat with people. Right, so to right. take that away from her altogether would just break her heart. Oh. So you guys so, keep it up. I mean, you... you... Mm-hmm. We flush the feeding tube a couple of times a day. She uh-huh. gets lots of cranberry juice through the tube because she's prone to urinary tract infections. Uh-huh. She now has, I'm not sure what the machine is. She's on oxygen 24 hours a day too now. But mm-hmm. there's also a machine that s- simulates what a cough would do to her lungs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what it's called, but it's a fairly new machine that her pulmonologist um, recommended. Mm-hmm. And that really seems to be making her stronger. Her voice is wow. strong all of a sudden. Wow. And she's really feisty lately. Mm-hmm. She's yelling <laughs> at all of us because we're interfering. So, you know, she's feeling better. Um, whether I have a month or ten years more with her, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, nobody does. No, of course not. Of course not. Mm-hmm. Sounds like so she's... So for right you know, now, she's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love... You know, I've known you for a while now, and and in the morning, of course, when I I always have to ask because I never know what you're going to say about your mother. Like, oh, things are, you know, this, and then the next time it'd be, oh dear, my, like you say, my mother's gotten feisty, you know, mm-hmm. 
And I'm thinking, wow, yeah. this is an amazing journey. And, you know, you have so many bumps in the road and you just kind of, you know, you, you, you almost sort of trip, but you pick yourselves up and, you know, you keep going and you just sort of adjust to it. And, um, you know, so, so I guess swimming must really help you through this, right? <laughs> Doing something for yourself. It does. It, it, sometimes you just want to punch something and I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But I can I can get the exercise and get the stress out. Mm-hmm. You know, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you a funny story, Harry, is my mother had a urinary tract infection about a year or so ago, and she was very sick. And she was in the hospital during that time. She had double pneumonia, a urinary tract infection, and a staph infection, and she was a little bit delirious. Oh, and she told my father she was divorcing him. <laughs> and she told my sister that she was the child she never wanted. And she told my brother-in-law that she loves him best. He was the only one that cares about her. <laughs> she doesn't remember any of it. But she's never having any more children either. She told us. Oh, good. Finally, right? Finally, she decided no more kids. <laughs> but that's the effect that all of this can have on her. Yeah. And she doesn't mean it, but you just sort of have to go with it. Yeah. Say, okay, Mom. Yeah. You know, you can't get upset every time. The road throws a bump up attached, you just have to keep going. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, it, you know, it's hard on Hirsch. It's hard on you. Um, so we're we, we're getting close to the end here, believe it or not. Um, and I, I usually at the end we have about a little over three minutes. Um, real quick, I, what what's your best? advice to someone who's starting this journey, you know, as a caregiver and they're like a deer in headlights. You know, what 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 would you say to them if they, you know, if you saw them like you probably see them all the time in the hospital, but what 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 would you say? Don't be intimidated just because mm-hmm. it's a doctor or a nurse. You know, it's like when your kids are little and you go to the doctors and the doctor says, "Well, you know your child best. You know mm-hmm. your mother or your parents the best." And don't mm. be afraid to ask the same question a thousand times to wow, make sure you yeah. understand it. You know, that's, I'm not going great. home with any of these people. I don't have them. They don't have to like me. Mm-hmm. So ask the same question a thousand times if that's what you need to do. Wow, that is really. I mean, that's that's a that's great. You know. Um, Ask the same question a thousand times until you get you understand the answer. Right. It's not trying to get a different answer. It's trying to make no. sure you understand the answer. Right. You know, and people get really frustrated, but keep going. What do you care? I don't care. No, no, no. I'm not like going to drinks with any of them. <laughs> right, right. And uh, and you're, they're not coming home with you. You know, they're they don't know what it's like for you and 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 for your family to be in you know, in this situation. So that's that's fantastic, you know, to ask I really like that. Ask the same question a thousand times until you understand it. You know, and and, and, and don't worry if they like you or not. I mean you're not gonna yell, don't worry, just Get the information you need to help your parent or your loved one, whoever it might be. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's the bottom line. Wow, wow. Well, my dear, this has been really a remarkable show, I think. You've given, I mean, you might not know it, but you have given such great information. And the beauty of it is is that you really did learn just, just through your experience and and your caring and your loving for your parents, so I really applaud you and what what you've accomplished and and what you're still accomplishing every time you have to set foot in a hospital or you know whatever you have to do to care for your family. Well, so I really you, appreciate it. I, I I thank you a million times. I really this was a, f- a remarkable show. So thank you so much, and I appreciate that you took the time. And um, and thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I have any big secrets, so I, I hope somebody got something out of it. And it's amazing to me that you, who seem just to have all of this information, think that what we do is important. Oh, yeah. We yes. just sort of figure we're getting through it, but it, it's it's amazing to me. 
Yeah, no, no, you inspire me because I would. I, I, I love that quote. I'm going to start telling my clients. Anyway, thank you so much. I'm just going to say goodbye because I got to wrap it up, and um, I'll see you in the pool. I'll see you in the morning. Thanks, Harry. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Well, thank you again. That was remarkable. Um, uh, and thank you, everybody, for listening. So here's the advice. Ask the same question a thousand times and you'll get perhaps the right answer. So, Or until you get the right answer. Thank you all.